Uh, we are so glad you are here this morning. My name is Daniel Kaznave. I'm the pastor here at the Bridge Church. Uh, it's an honor and privilege. If you're joining us online, we are glad you're here as well. Um, online may look a little different because technology is is technology, right? But uh, you can you can still see us and lock in, comment on there. Uh, we love, we go back and read all those comments as well. Uh, if you're in the room, how's everybody doing? Good? Well, you look good, okay? Um, we are glad. And also, so we, if you don't know, if you're joining us for the first time, maybe we are in a series called Clarity. And really, this was birthed out of God just speaking to my heart. And as a pastor, having conversations with people, and uh, if not the most, it's definitely the top three question asked uh, that people ask me or want to inquire about the Bible, or inquire about God. They'll ask, what is God's purpose for my life? What is God calling me to? And it's funny how have uh, you noticed in different seasons that question kind of comes back up again? It's like we feel comfortable in one season and then something happens or changes in our life, maybe a, a big event or just a new season in life in general. Maybe you graduate school or go from elementary to middle or middle to high, high to college or you graduate college or you change jobs or tragedy happens and it leaves us asking that question again, right? God, what's my purpose in this season? What does this look like for me right now? And as I uh, begin to answer those things and just pray about it for our church, uh, I thought let's go through and study the Bible and say how can we get extreme clarity. I'm talking about clarity where you and I can walk in confidence. Clarity where it's like, okay, I know exactly what God wants me to do in every in every season. And I don't have to sit back and go, okay, I, I think this is what God wants me to do. I, I think this is what he's called me to do. But I can walk in confidence and go, okay, this is it. I, I know that God said, do this. And last week we talked about being a spirit led follower, spirit led follower. And that's the, really the foundation. Uh, today, you're going to see that's where everything kind of flows out of. And so if you want to go back and watch that message, you can. And then the next three weeks, we're going to look at, that's to say the foundation or where our source is. And then the next three weeks, we're going to talk about three avenues or three callings that we can step into with full assurance and confidence. If I do this or when I do this, I'm walking in the will of God. I'm walking in God's plan for my life. And so uh, that's where we're going to be. We're in Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 21. That's our base verse. We'll be there in just a few moments. But I want to pray for us, ask God to speak to our hearts this morning. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you so much. Uh, thank you so much for each and every person that can hear my voice. Uh, God, I, I'm thankful for a church where we can come together as family. I'm thankful for those who show up to volunteer every single week. God, thank you for their heart. Thank you for just their hunger for uh, wanting to serve the low country, wanting the, their gifts and talents to be used. And uh, we're just incredibly thankful that we get to serve alongside one another. And God, I just pray that you use this time as we dive into your word to just bring clarity, God. We're crying out to you, asking for answers, asking for hope, asking for wisdom, God, and we know your word has it. I pray the Holy Spirit would reveal things to us and in us. Maybe we've been stuffing down or holding back. I just pray that you would use this time for your glory. We walk out of this place, maybe challenged, but also encouraged and hopeful in your word, God. I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. And we ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. 
men. As I think about this question, I try to reflect back on my life, and I've asked this question multiple times. In fact, even here recently in this new season, we're really we're coming out of a pandemic, right? Uh, so to speak, our church changed in January. Uh, we are back in this new space, and we were left praying, God, where do you want our church to go now? Where do you want to help bring some clarity in this new season? We want to follow you. We want to be spirit-led as a church. And he's been bringing some clarity in that. But I remember thinking in my life, and I remember being in college, and all the way through college, I worked through uh, a company called Sit and Sleep. And uh, as, the, as the name says, it's where we uh, sold furniture. I worked all the way through college through that. But anyway, uh, there was many slow days where we were hanging out, and I used those times just to dive into God's Word. And I, during that time, I was praying this prayer. God, what is, what is my calling? What have you called me to? At that time, I, I didn't answer the call to be a pastor. I wasn't pursuing ministry. I was actually pursuing teaching uh, elementary school. And so uh, all of these things, I mean, God, what, is, what have you called me to do? What do you want me to do? And I remember coming to this uh, verse that is incredibly popular. Everybody has probably heard it, even if you didn't grow up in church, or maybe you're hearing it for the first time here, but it's in Matthew chapter 27. And it's when Jesus is having this conversation. And I still remember the day I read this verse. I was sitting on a nice pluff mattress in this mattress store. It was all nice and comfortable. I was reading this. And when I read it, the whole it's like the Holy Spirit just flung the veil open, was like, here is your purpose. This is what I'm calling you to do. And then I just went on a deep dive of going, what does this look like for me? What does this look like in this season? And that's what we're going to do here today. But this, as Jesus begins to teach here in Matthew uh, chapter 27. Actually, he's trying to be tricked by this uh, very intelligent man. And he comes to Jesus and he goes, Hey, Jesus, there's over 600 laws in the Old Testament. Which one is the greatest? Trying to trap him, you know, because there's all of them. All of God's law are important. All of them are great, right? Like they all come from God. And Jesus didn't even blink, skip a beat or anything. He said, Oh, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then he brings a, an action to it. He says, love the God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And then love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? We hear those words and he says, oh, if you want to know, if you want to sum it all down, you want extreme clarity on what God has called us to do is to love God and to love people. We have to love God first, right? Or actually we need to allow God to love us first, right? So we understand what that looks like. And then it fleshes out into loving people and the closer we get to God the more we want to love people it's like it goes hand in hand God's like you can't read the gospels and see Jesus's heart for the people who are around him it's something that he just he, he does he oozes out of him it's like it's connected and as Jesus taught that I remember looking at it going oh this is it I'm giving my life to this. I don't care if I'm selling mattresses or if I'm an elementary school teacher or if I'm a pastor, whatever. I'm giving my life to loving God with every ounce of my being and loving anybody that comes close to me. I'm just going to love them the way Jesus loves, right? And it brought this extreme clarity. But if we're honest, when we hear those words, uh, it's still a little muddy, right? Like we hear this word uh, love, right? Love God, love people. We hear it a lot. It's almost, it's used over and over again. But what does that actually mean? 
What does it look like to love our neighbor? And in fact, we use the word love almost like this lump sum, right? Like I love pizza, Woo, right? Like, ooh, this tastes good. That's my favorite food. Actually, I love fajitas. I could eat fajitas for lunch, dinner, breakfast, every single day of my life. I love fajitas. But if I use that same tone and said, oh, I love my wife, Amanda. I love my wife. And she's like, you're comparing me now to fajitas, right? Like, but that's what we do. We just take love, right, and lump it into everything. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love fajitas. I love the Georgia Bulldogs, right? Like, come on, national champions, right? Like, anyway, I'm in Clemson territory. I know. I'm sorry. But... <laughs> But we use the term love, right? And we just drag it across every season, almost all these different emotions. So it creates almost a muddy atmosphere when we talk about love. Because now when it says love God and love your neighbor, what does that really mean? Is it like loving the Bulldogs? Is it like loving my favorite sports team? Is it like loving my spouse? Is it like loving fajitas? Is it like loving my neighbor? Is it like loving my best friend that I've had my entire life? What does it look like? I need some clarity. And Romans chapter 12 gives us this clarity. Romans chapter 12 is an incredible verse. We could honestly spend an entire year just studying the uh, Romans chapter 12. It's a pretty impactful verse, and uh, the Apostle Paul writes this, and much like I talked about, he wrote Galatians, which we studied last week, how the Pauline letters, they start off with our identity in Christ, and then he immediately goes into this is what it looks like. And he does the same thing with the book of Romans. He spends chapters 1 through 11 talking about humanity, talking about God, our relationship with God. And then he hits Romans chapter 12, and it's like he turns a corner. And he goes, you want to know what it looks like? You want to have extreme clarity on what a true believer, an authentic person who is loving God and loving others looks like? And he hits it here in Romans chapter 12. And so we're going to look in Romans chapter 12. We're going to start in verses 9 through 21. If you love to go back and read, I'd, I'd encourage you to go back and read all of that chapter. Uh, but did you know here in these short verses that uh, the Apostle Paul gives us 30 different clarity, extremely clear commands on what it looks like to love. 30 just for right here. And we're going to kind of unpack these of what that looks like for you and I in our lives. And so Romans chapter 12 Verse 9, it reads this, don't just pretend to love others, really love them, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard to serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in your confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who are weak. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, 
If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Those verses are slam-packed, and it's just like, boom, one after the other. We could take no notes for days, but to help us really understand this, he starts off and he says, hey, I want you to love others, but I want you to really love them, right? Like, it's like he pauses, right? Like, I know you've heard this term a lot, but don't just, don't just say it, but actually have your actions follow up with that. Some tra- the ESV translation says genuine Love And I love that term, genuine love, what that looks like. And uh, we have, just as I, as I talked about, we kind of lump love in with all kinds of different emotions and relationships. But in the Hebrew Bible, they actually uh, label love in four different ways. They have uh, philo love, right? Like you, you heard the term uh, Philadelphia, right? Uh, brotherly love. And so they break down all of the different categories of this is my brother or sister type love. This is a, a parent type love and then with this particular love that the apostle paul actually this is the first time paul uses this love this greek word love uh, in the book of romans and it's agape love it's the the full encompassing everything that i am all of my being my heart that's not your heart my mind my heart my emotions my soul like all everything that i am i'm going to genuinely love those who are around me in fact he goes on and says genuinely love them and don't be a hypocrite and if you look at the word hypocrite it truly means to take the mask off right it just means to to be who you really are with the people who you're around, who you are around and we see this and if you look at Jesus's ministry there's one thing that just it, it just drove Jesus crazy is when he looked at the religious leaders and he says you you say that you love people but then you burden them with all of these extra laws all of these extra commands right like like you burden you say you do but yet you're lifting yourselves up. And it's like he calls them out. He says, hey, you brood of vipers, you, you hypocrites. Like, why would you drag my name into your agenda, right? And for you and I to remember this call, God is saying, I want you to really love people. And my prayer is that church would be a place where people walk into the Bridge Church and they go, oh, it's like I took my mask off. It's like they don't, they're not wearing any masks, right? Like this is real, genuine love. It's like they are here for me. They care for me. They didn't judge me by what I was wearing, what I looked like, how much money I had. It's just like every single person that walks in, genuine love, right? Well, whoever it is, whatever they look like, amen? Like God's called us to love those with real, agape, genuine love, life-giving love. And in Romans chapter 5, it says the source of our love, that God pours that into us through the Holy Spirit. You and I have an endless supply of love that we get from God, right? And when we are spirit-led followers, we are being filled by how much God loves us. And it has to start there, right? It has to start with you and I having a picture that I am loved by God. I am saved by Him. He has given me a new hope, a new purpose, a new identity. And He fills me up. And now as I love others, I'm loving others out of the overflow of how God's loving me. Because if we try to do it on our own, I mean, we've, 
we've all have lived long enough, right? It gets tiring. It gets exhausting. You're like, I, I, God, I can't do it with this person anymore, right? Like, I, like I, got, I can't, right? Like, I can't do that. But God is going to love them out of how much I love you. You draw your strength from me. You draw your love from me. And he's like, I am an endless supply. I'm not going to run out. You need to get as close as you can to me. Be as spirit led as you can. And I will continue to fill you so that you can genuinely Real, authentically love the people who are around you. Everybody that I put in your path, I want them to experience my love. I want them to experience authentic love because authentic love stands out. Because we live in a world where we want everything fast-paced, right? We want to have everything given to us very quickly. And when you and I come onto the scene and we're able to love people in a real way, not like an Instagram highlight reel kind of way, but a real like, hey, I'm with you in this. Let's walk through this thing together. It's like a, a breath of fresh air, right? It's like drinking cold water on a hot day for the first time. Like, wow, this is the real thing. This is authentic. This is what God has called us to. And you and I have an opportunity. God is going, you want to know what it looks like to love God and to love people? Love them with your mask off. Love them. I can be open and I can be honest. I can be walking with this person because I am fully secure in who God's called me to be. I don't have to put on a mask Because I'm already filled by the love of God. I'm already approved by who Jesus is. I don't have to uh, give you this fake portrait. I'm not trying to be approved by you. I'm already approved by God, right? So I'm walking and loving out of that, of how God has loved me first. And so as they connect here, and the Apostle Paul, then he, he starts there. He says, that's the source. That's where everything is coming from. That's where everything is flowing to. And I want you to take that real genuine authentic love and then he begins almost like you go on a on a nice summer day you know you go out in the morning you see a lake and it's like crystal clear sometimes the river's like this and then you go every guy in the room every little kid what do we want to do we want to grab a rock right if it's crystal clear we want a rock to go in it and we just love the destruction right it's like let's disturb it and we throw the rock in there and all of a sudden the ripples just go everywhere and we we see that when that's what the apostle paul is saying he's saying i'm going to give you that initial hit, that authentic love, and then it's going to ripple out into these different relationships that we have in our lives. And he breaks these down here in Romans chapter 12. He says, first, love with genuine love. And then he uses this term, I want you to love God's people this way. And he's talking about a church family. He's talking about brothers and sisters in Christ. He's talking about those who confess to know Jesus. We are in this family of God. You're my brother in Christ. You're my sister in Christ. I baptized my niece just a couple of weeks ago, and I made the declaration over her, over her that I baptize you my sister. Even though she's my niece, now she is my sister in Christ. We are in this new family together in Christ. We're going to spend eternity together in the family of God. And he says, hey, when God's people, this is how I want you to love God's people. This is how I want the church to function. This is how the, when the outside world looks in and goes, wow, you, got, you treat each other like your family. You treat each other with this supernatural love. You and I can have clarity in our lives of going, you know what? I want to get as close to God so I know what genuine, real, life-giving love is. And then I want to love the people who are in God's family this way. And this is what he says here. This is how I want you. He says, I want you to love. 
intentional. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you these words. And as we talk about this, there's a theme that kind of stands out over all of these. In verse 10, it says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard to serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people, I love that term, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. I love all of these because all of these are actions. These are things that God says, I want you to step into. And I want you to step back passively. But in fact, I'm going to give you a purpose. I'm going to give you a mission. When you are around God's people, I want you to do this. I want you to love each other with genuine affections. Take delight in honoring each other. And so we see a theme in all of these. God is calling us to love intentionally. And I love that word intentionally. It means done on purpose, like done deliberately. I've thought about it. I've, I've predetermined when I go to church, I'm ready. I'm on a mission. I got purpose. I have clarity today because I want to show this genuine love to my brothers and sisters in Christ, right? And it says, take delight in honoring each other. I love the, another translation says, outdo each other in honor. I'm competitive, so I love that phrase, like outdo, like try to bring this honor to those who are around you. And sometimes you and I, when we honor people, it means to hold them up in high esteem, right? It's to, to help encourage them. And sometimes people, they need a reputation to live up to, right? Like they've never been given going, hey, I believe in you. I believe God has a plan and a purpose for your life. I believe you're not a mistake, that God has a plan for you right now in this season today, right? And you and I now know we have clarity as we're learning in this series. We immediately we start, hey, God's called you to be a spirit-led follower. Like we already know that, right? All we got to be is one step ahead. Right now we're investing in someone else. Hey, God's called you to love your neighbors intentionally. And, he, and you can do it. If you follow him, if you're willing to be obedient to him. And one of the ways that we love the church intentionally is by honoring each other. It's by come on, like we're racing, trying to outdo each other of saying, hey, look at what God's doing in their life. This is look at the reputation that they have. And you and I, it's like we help give the picture of what honor looks like to the world. I honor you. I'm not trying to go around you. I'm not trying to gossip about you. I'm not trying to backstab. I'm not trying to present another picture, but I'm just saying God is working in your life. And it takes intentionality, right? It takes us doing it on purpose like God is going hey I'm going to give you the roadmap but you got to take the step you got to be intentional about it. you have to be intentional with God's church around you and then I love this it says never be lazy but work hard to serve the Lord enthusiastically I love that word enthusiastically passionately and you and I just like earlier I said go dogs Clemson people were booing people were excited we'll get passionate about things we're passionate about right then maybe you're passionate about cooking and you're in the kitchen and you're just like dancing around like boom kick it up a notch right like whatever it may be or we get passionate about the things that we are passionate about and God is going I don't want you to be lazy I want you to be passionate about me would you be passionate about serving me? Because it's a high, high calling that you and I get the opportunity to go out into the world and be an ambassador for the kingdom of God. That, that the eternal hope that rests on Jesus' shoulders, we get to be representatives of that. We get to walk out into work every single day and we get to, to, to put forward this genuine 
real love. How amazing is that? And we need to be enthusiastic about it. We need to be excited like, oh, God, you're going to put somebody in my path? I have clarity today. I'm going to love them intentionally. I'm going to give them a reputation to, to move and to work into. I see that God's working in their life. I can see what God can do if they would just surrender their gifts to him. And we work enthusiastically. Then it says, be confident in hope and patient in trouble. You and I, we have an opportunity because trouble in this world comes. We live in a broken world where trials and tribulations happen and they come. And when our brothers and sisters in Christ walk through those hard times, we get to walk alongside of them. Because when we are in pain, what do we want to do? Get out of pain, right? As quickly as we can. And whatever I have to do to, to relieve this pain. But you and I as followers and believers in Christ, we enter into that pain with them, right? Like we can't fully know or understand exactly what they're going through. But we can say, you know what? I'm here for you. We're going to walk through this together. Look, don't make any big huge life decisions right now you're walking through this tribulation like let's be patient let's pray let's ask god where he wants where he wants you what he wants you to do right let's be patient in the lord he is walking with you just reminding people hey god's with you god is going to take care god is going to work in the details let's keep on praying right through all of those and then he says this i gotta hurry we're gonna be here all day right this is just so good I said, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. That you and I have an opportunity to practice hospitality. And when we think of hospitality, in which this is a form of it, we think about having somebody over for lunch or having somebody over for dinner, which that's true. But also hospitality is serving those who are around us. Hey, how can I serve you? How can I help you, right? Like if, some, if a restaurant has great hospitality, their service is great. It's like they're buzzing around. You and I, we don't go to Chick-fil-A for an $8 uh, a bit, a sandwich or Chick-fil-A biscuit, right? Like we go because there's 30 million people in line and you get through in 30 seconds. You're like, wow, how did this happen? They're running with me beside me in the car line, right? It's because they're serving hospitality. How can I serve you? And you and I in the church, we have an opportunity to practice hospitality with those who are around us and say, hey, how can I serve you? I'm here. Let's be intentional on getting together. Let's be intentional on serving and doing life together. Let's take the mask off. What's going on in your life? What's going on in my life? Here it is. Here's what I'm praying for. Here's what I'm praising God for. Here's what I need your help with. All of these different things, right? God is saying, he's encouraging us as believers to say, hey, practice hospitality. And then in verse 14, the sphere gets a little farther, right? So we have our ripple of genuine love. And then he goes out and he says, I want you to love the church, love, be intentional with the church, with those who are in the family of God. And then he says, I want you to go out even further. And I want you to be intentional with those who you live with, who you work with, who you play with, like intentional friend. God's called you and I to be an intentional friend everywhere we go to work, in our neighborhoods, where we live, to the ball field, all of these different areas. We go with a purpose. You and I have clarity of saying, you know what, I'm going to bring genuine love into the church. I'm bringing genuine love through Christ wherever I go and this is what he says what does that look like to be an intentional friend to those who are around us it says bless those who persecute you don't curse them pray that god will bless them i mean he didn't start off the bat with an easy one right he's like hey if you're at work and somebody says that about you right you and i our flesh 
it feels good to retaliate, right? Like our flesh tells everything in us goes, ooh, you need to, to ruin their reputation. Like I can't believe they just said that about you, right? But God is going, wait, wait, wait. If they curse you, I want you to, in fact, I want you to bless them. I want, you, I want them to experience my kind of love, my agape, unconditional kind of love. That if they let them do them, but yet you and I, we're responsible for us, right? Like now we have a calling to God of going, you know what? I'm not, not going to curse them. I'm, in fact, I'm going to bless them. I'm going to pray. God, I, I know they just said that about me, but I, I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would speak to their heart. I pray that you would change their life. I pray that you would, you would help them and work. Maybe something's going on with them at home. It's calls them back this way. God, just please just be with them. Encourage them. And they just curse you. And you walk in the next day and go, hey, man, I prayed for you last night. If you need anything, let me know, right? Just like, what? Like, you, do you remember what I said yesterday, right? Like, then they look at you like you get your love from somewhere else. And it's because we do, right? Like, we get our love from the source. We, we don't need, we don't need their full love. Like obviously, it helps, right? Like, it helps life go a little smoother, but we don't ultimately need it. My love comes from the source. It comes from being in Christ and his love. And then he says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who are weep. And I love this because God says, I want you to be intentional. I want you to be so intentional. I want you to leave maybe for a moment the season you are in. And I want you to step into the season they're in. Even if, right, like, because if we think about it, it's, it's easier. This is going to sound crazy at first. It's easier whenever uh, you have, you are having a good time, like you're in this joyous season. You just feel like God's doing some great things. People, things are running smooth. And then somebody comes along and they're having a hard time. It, it's easier to step in and go, oh, I'm so sorry, right? Like, I, I'm here for you. I'm praying with you. But then think about when it's flipped. Think about when you're going through a rough time. Think about when you're struggling with work and then that friend comes up and goes, I can't believe it. I just got a promotion. I just got a raise. This is amazing, right? That, that's when it's really hard to go. You know what? Let me rejoice with you. Let me pray. Even though I'm not right, but God's saying intentional friends, they step into their season and I'm going to rejoice with you. I'm going to praise with you. I'm going to weep when you weep. You and I, even as I, I want to talk just to the parents for a minute. One of the things God kind of burdened and placed on my heart is he says, hey, Dan, I want you to step into their season. Don't always try to pull them into your agenda. Don't always try to pull them into like your, your work. But God is saying, I want you to be intentional. I want you to step into what they are doing. I may not want to play uh, PlayStation 4 for three hours, but I may go, hey, let's play 30 minutes together, right? Let's do this thing. I'm going to step into your world. I may not have time to throw the ball a hundred times, but hey, how can I step into, how can I be intentional? Not always trying to say, this is what we are doing, right? Like, come along, get into my life, get into my season, but going, hey, how can I step into yours? And I think even for us as neighbors, it's like we're sitting and we're doing life and we're walking and we're waiting on this intentional moment to go, oh, if somebody says something to me, how can I step into that season with them? Hey, I'm struggling with this, right? I can step into that season. I can mourn with them. I can weep with them. I can say, hey, you know, I'm praying for you. If you need anything, help. let me help you lighten the load. Or maybe if they're celebrating, right, they get this promotion and you show up the next day with some balloons and some cookies, right? You're celebrating with them. They're like, whoa, we just moved in this is awesome why are you doing this and it's like we get an opportunity to go you know i'm intentional 
with the people I'm around. I'm intentional. I'm walking with you through this. I'm weeping with those who weep. And I'm, I'm being intentional. I love that word intentional. Step into, right? Like into. This is not a passive approach. But I'm living on purpose. I got a mission. I got clarity now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live with intention to be an intentional friend around me. And then he, he continues on here. He says, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all, right? Like, I think everybody needs to hear that a couple of times, right? Like, I don't think you know it all. Live, don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. You and I get to sit at the table across from people, and maybe they're not like us, or they don't have the same passions or desires, but God's called you to be intentional, right? Okay, God, I'm stepping into their season. I'm stepping into now. Hey, let me, let me, let me, can I know just a little bit more about you? Tell me, tell me about your job. Tell me about what, what's going on with your life. Tell me about your family. Tell me about your history, right? All of these things. Now I'm more interested in you. I'm being intentional, right? An intentional friend. I don't know it all. I'm not going to assume I know everything about you. I'm not going to assume I know everything about what you do. In fact, can you tell me more? Can you just, uh, I want to walk with you in this, that God's called us to be an intentional friend. And then this is where it gets real, right? This is where it gets a little like, okay, God, I'm going to need your strength in this. Because uh, the circle goes even further. God goes, I want you to be with God's people, right? I want you to love them intentionally. And then I want you to intentionally love the people who you live, work, and play with, with your friends, right? And then God goes even further. And he goes, hey, I want you to actually love those who you would consider your enemy. And he says, remember, the genuine, real, take off the mask kind of love. You're loving those. You need that tight circle, right? That's why he starts there. He's saying you need those people to fill you up. You need those people to confirm your identity. You need the brothers and sisters in Christ because I'm going to call you to an even greater purpose, which I'm going to call you to love your friends, right? Be intentional with your friends. And then he says, we're going to go even further. He says, we're going to love those who we consider our enemies. Because we may think that is radical. We may think that is crazy. But if we read the early part of Romans, it lists that you and I, we were once enemies of God, running away from our Savior in disobedience to him. And it says, while we were still enemies, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ went first, right? He said, even though you're running from me, I'm still going to die on the cross so that you can come to know me. I am still going to go leave a perfect place called heaven and die on a cross. Take your punishment. Take your pain. I'm going to step out and love you even though you are far from me. And when you and I know that, you're like, I can't believe God would do that for me. I can't believe God would love me after everything I did in my life. After everything I thought I knew best, after all of that, Jesus still loved me. And then God goes, hey, I want to give you some clarity. I want you to go out into a broken world. I want you to do the same. I want you to love those who you would consider. And this is what he says, consider enemies. He says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, 
If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will reap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. He gives us this. And if you remember, when we are spirit-led, there's two forces in us. There's two voices in our minds. Our sinful nature, right? Our, what our flesh desires, what our inner like uh, uh, person wants. And then there's the spirit who is leading us towards love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, the fulfillment of who Christ is, right? Calling us to that. And our flesh, they want revenge, right? Like our flesh, they want an eye for an eye, right? Like you you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you double time. You did this to my family, oh, now it's, this is it for you, right? Like this we want, we crave it, right? Because it's part of our sinful nature. To want that, we don't have to train each other to go, ooh, you like revenge, right? Like, we, you and I, we need to encourage each other in the spirit of going, wait, let's, let's sit back, right? Let, let's just wait here a second. Let's, let's see what God is calling us to do, not take revenge. Instead, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, Give them something to drink. I want you to be intentional, even those you consider enemies. And then he says, and this is big. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. He says this because if you and I allow revenge and that thirst to fill our flesh, that same evil will overcome us. That same evil will conquer us, right? If we get thirsty to take revenge every single time, now we're moving closer to the darkness and not the light, right? And now we're giving in to the flesh and we're going to go down this dark hole because I promise you this world is broken. You will always find evil if we go out looking for it, right? We will always find brokenness, but you and I, we have to go, you know what? I'm choosing the light. I'm not going to let evil conquer me. I have purpose. I have clarity today and I am going to over Overcome evil by doing good. You and I, think about this. You and I have the purpose every single day. We can actually push back evil. We can push back darkness every single How exciting is that? I didn't say it was easy, right? But I'm saying we have a purpose. We have a calling. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. We bring light of the world into every single situation, into every relationship. And God tells us to do that because, one, we see that he commands us to do it here. But also, people take notice because it's not the way the world works. It's not the way our sinful nature works. And so when somebody betrays us and we still choose to go, you know what? I'm going to love you the way that Christ loves his church. In fact, you know what? As as hard as this is for me, and I've talked to God about this, I'm going to forgive you. And we and people begin to look and go, "Are you serious?" After what we did, like this, this is not natural. This is just not right. This, like, how could you even do this? And you're like, you know what? The only way I was able to do it is the supernatural work of God, the Holy Spirit at work in our life. And that's the thing. Here's the thing about forgiveness, because I do. I feel like we've got to speak to this a little bit and then I'm going to close and see this series got me excited. We preach. I'm preaching along all these things anyway. 
But this is the thing is sometimes there's a difference between accountability and forgiveness. Just because we forgive someone, they, don't, they still have to be accountable for their actions, right? They have to they have their earthly consequences for their actions. But yet you and I, when we don't forgive, we're holding on to what they did to us. And it's going to eat us alive and the evil will overcome us. But when I go, you know what, God? This is yours. I'm going to trust you with this situation. You don't have to be show up and, and be friends and hold hands with them every single day. But I need to release that to God, right? I need to say, you know what? If they're hungry, I'm going to feed them. If they're thirsty, I'm going I'm to give them something to drink. Because my love, my joy comes from Jesus and not them, right? I, we see that. God's saying, I want you to be intentional. I want you to step into and in fact, you will overcome. You will conquer evil. By living this way, you and I have this calling in our lives to overcome evil by doing good. God has given us this extreme clarity, practice hospitality, to, to weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn, who, who walk out into those who we consider enemies and we love them with our mask off, genuine agape kind of love. And God has given that calling to each and every believer. We can start to live into this calling today or right now before we even, usually I say when we leave these doors, you can live. No, we can start today, right? Being intentional with loving those who are in the body of Christ. We can walk and, and spend that time connecting with each other, serving with each other. All of these things we can start right here, right now. You and I can start pushing back darkness, pushing back easy, pushing back evil. We need you in the game. Every single day we walk out of this place on fire for Christ and allowing God to use you to overcome evil, push back darkness in this world. And so I want to pray for us. We're going to worship team is going to come back up and sing with us and uh, we're going to sing this last song. But my prayer for us as a church is, is look at these uh, three circles and maybe you want to pray the prayer. God, where do you want me to lean into? Where are you calling me to be intentional? God, is it, am I, do I need to be more intentional with the body of Christ as plugging into the local church? God, do I need to be more intentional with those who I live, work, and play with, the, that friendship circle? Do I need to be more intentional with that? Who do I need to step into their season with, God? Or maybe it's the enemy that's that evil of what somebody did to us is just eating us from the inside out, and we need to surrender that to God. And go, God, I need you to help heal me from this so that I can get to the point where I can begin to even pray for them. Where I can get to the point where I can even serve them to be that moment in life. So I'm released from it to that point where I can live intentionally what God's called us to. But let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. God, I pray that you would continue to do a mighty work in us. God, that what uh, this piece of scripture is calling us to do with extreme clarity is not easy. Only by your power, only by your grace are we able to do that. And I pray that you empower us. I pray that you equip us, God. I pray that uh, you place names on people's hearts right now in the name of Jesus of who you want us to be intentional with, God. And I pray that if there's anybody in this room that has uh, had a lot of like things that have happened to them in their life that's still holding on and eating away at them, God, I pray that they release that to you. Surrender that to you, God. I pray that you would do a mighty healing starting today in that. I pray that you would do a mighty work and help us, God, 
to go out into this world and overcome evil by doing good, that you're sending us out as your army, as your people who are light in a dark world, God. I pray that we would surrender to you in your glory, surrender to you in your hope. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Let's stand and worship together. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.